Hello and welcome to COS Live. You can watch the original video broadcast live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern. Visit conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. And now, here's COS Live. Well, hello, COS supporters, and welcome back to another episode of COS Live. My name is Andrew Woodruff. I will be your host for this episode, and I have my co-host joining me, Rita Peters, who's also the Senior Vice President of Legislative Affairs. Rita, it's great to be back with you. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Andrew. Happy to be with you for hosting the program today. And, you know, I'd love to know where our viewers are tuning in from, wouldn't you? I would, too. Make sure that you drop us a comment below. Let us know where you're tuning in from. We'd love to hear from you. And after doing that, go ahead and give us a like, a retweet, a rumble, a share, you know, wherever you're, wherever you are tuning in from on your social media platforms. We need to get the message out about Convention of States and the secret weapon that our founding fathers gave us, which is, of course, Article 5. Again, it's a secret weapon. And it's high time that we use it. So we have a great program lined up for our viewers today, Rita. Could West Virginia be the 18th state to pass the COS resolution? We brought you live coverage a few weeks ago of our amazing COS activists showing up in force at the West Virginia State Capitol. Um, we heard in very passionate testimony, and one of those uh, one of those volunteers who showed up is Tracy Friend. We're going to be talking with her in a little bit. She's the state director there in West Virginia. She's going to give us an update on what is going on, what's the progress of our COS resolution. We have the votes in West Virginia, but we're tied up right now in the Judiciary Committee. We're going to find out from her exactly why that is, and we're going to see what we can do and what all of you can do to help get the COS resolution passed in West Virginia. We have, as always, our Article 5 trivia giveaway with COS Vice President Mike Ruthenberg. But before we get to our interview and our trivia giveaway, we have another update from our wonderful Senior Vice President of Legislative Affairs, Rita Peters. Rita, take it away. Well, Andrew, we've already had two states join the Convention of States movement this year, Nebraska and Wisconsin. So that makes 17 states. We are halfway to that constitutional threshold of two-thirds of the states, that's 34 states, calling for an Article 5 convention for proposing amendments that impose term limits, fiscal restraints, and limits on federal tyranny. So now the driving question is, which state will be number 18? Several states are in the hunt, but I'll just give you a quick snapshot. Could it be West Virginia, like we mentioned? We're going to hear more about that in a few minutes. Could it be South Carolina, where we have had some recent success? Or maybe it could be Kansas. On Friday morning, the Kansas House Committee on Federal and State Affairs discussed our Article 5 application. And after a series of unfriendly amendments were shot down, the committee agreed to advance the resolution by a vote of 14 to 8, with two Democrats joining 12 Republicans. So a bipartisan vote in favor of Convention of States, and now we are headed for the House floor in Kansas. That wraps up my report for today. Let's go now to Mike for today's Article 5 Trivia Giveaway. Hector from West Virginia is going to be just a great guest, and I know you guys are going to... Uh, pull out a lot of really important information 
about what has turned out to be quite a challenge in West Virginia. We know last year, I don't know if you guys have gotten to or will get to the story of what's been happening in West Virginia, but boy, oh boy, it is going to be interesting. Anyway, what I want to do is I want to talk a little bit about Article 5 trivia, what it takes to be able to pass a resolution. It's really interesting. There's so many people that are uninformed that are putting things forward as truth that really have no basis in reality or fact. And I know that that's one of the reasons why you're probably here is because you love to get the real deal, find out exactly what it takes in order to bring an Article 5 convention. And it's really not very difficult to understand that the risk of doing nothing far, far exceeds any risk of so many states being on board in order for an Article 5 convention to happen. And one of the things I'm going to talk about today, well, first of all, I'm wearing a Let's Go Brandon shirt. I think it's a great way to share with people that you're not terribly happy with what's going on here in America. I'm sure you've seen some of those little stickers that people are putting on the gas pumps everywhere that says, I did that. And it is, I think, a great way to be able to start conversation with people so they know that you're a little bit classy. You don't use some of the more vulgarities to describe the work that our president is doing. And I think this is a great opportunity. And for that, I'm going to give away one of these shirts. If you want a Let's Go Brandon shirt, of course, you can just go to shopconventionofstates.com and you can get your shirt yourself. But if you answer this question correctly and first, you will be the one that wins one of these shirts in your size. And if you're really not a big fan of wearing a shirt like this, we have so many great shirts at the COS store that you probably want to go, go to shopconventionofstates.com and see what's out there because you'll fall in love with certainly one, if not a whole bunch of different products that we've got there. So here's the question. If you're a regular, you remember last week, the question was, that it took, or the answer to our question was it takes two thirds of the states or uh, 34 states to call an Article 5 convention states. And of course, we're speeding towards that threshold right now. We've got 17 states on board. We're halfway there. Once we get to 34, then the question for you is how many states are going to be invited to the convention? Do you have to vote to for a convention? Do you have to be one of those 34 states and then we limit the convention? Or is there a different number? That's my question for you. How many states get invited to a convention once we reach that threshold in the Constitution? And I'll be back a little bit later to share with you. But for now, listen closely to Tracy Friend and I'll be back afterwards. Thanks, Mike. Well, joining us today is the West Virginia State Director, Tracy Friend. Tracy, thank you for joining us. It's a really a pleasure to have you with us. Um, I want to get right to my very first question. Uh, your team, a couple of weeks back, went to the Virginia State Capitol and they just they turned out in force and they gave passionate yet articulate testimony. And even you got to testify. So um, tell us a little bit about that, because it seemed like volunteer after volunteer just gave such stellar testimony. Please share a few of the, the great moments um, when you were at the state capitol. 
Sure. Well, well I was impressed myself. Uh, we had uh, Rick Santorum uh, and some of our uh, grassroots were available the Wednesday prior, Wednesday uh, the 2nd. Um, so we had some of our, our grassroots out then. Uh, and on Thursday, we got the word that um, our Judiciary Committee was calling for the um, public hearing on that following Monday. So I had a matter of days to reorganize uh, our supporters across the state. I um, submitted email and text blasts trying to reach anybody who would be available. I knew that uh, you know some would have to ask for a day off if they were going to to be there on a Monday morning. Um, so we were able to get 15, 15 of us uh, to come out to prepare for that hearing. They had a few days notice um, to prepare their comments. Um, and all we did, we met uh, just prior to the hearing. We uh, prayed that, uh, you know, that our purpose would be uh, to God's glory, that, uh, you know, because we don't want a bunch of us out there operating in our own uh, uh, ideas, but we, do, we just took a moment to try to focus ourselves, uh, all going in the right direction. Um, and really, I it wasn't until that evening when I was home and unpacking, listening to uh, our testimonies that I realized this is incredible. Everyone did so well. I was so blessed I was in tears uh, at the flow uh, of everyone's uh, comments and, and testimonies was I, I believe everyone did a wonderful job really put their hearts into it but uh, you know we're up there telling the truth so uh, it's easy but they were also passionate about this as well so I believe that's why it all works so well together well that is just amazing tracy because i was watching along with you know many of us on on staff and i know volunteers across the country were watching that public hearing and were just so amazed and impressed it really seemed so coordinated everyone was so articulate and you know we watch a lot of these hearings and typically it's about equal i mean maybe we tend to have more of our COS supporters there who get up and speak, but usually there are at least a handful of opponents who testify. Mm -hmm. But it was so interesting to see that in West Virginia at the public hearing, there was only one opponent there and she was a paid lobbyist for the ACLU. So what did you make of that, Tracy? Um, well, there's two, you know, a few different ways we can consider this. Um, number one, the possibility that West Virginia doesn't get much attention, and that can work in our favor, as we, you know, if, if that was a possibility on that Monday morning. Um, also, uh, we have had heavy legislative support uh, in the last number of years, uh, so I don't know if some of our opponents just don't see the use. Uh, which can be also be played in two different directions also. Uh, we're having trouble, even though we have legislative support, we are having trouble um, getting it passed in our in our legislature. So that's two different two different situations we have working against each other right there. Um, so so really, I don't have any idea if it really is just that we don't have the attention uh, uh, in West Virginia that other states and their legislators are getting as far as opposition or, just that they don't see the need to be concerned uh, about trying to fight it in West Virginia. 
Well, let's talk about that legislative support for a moment, because I know that you do have a tremendous amount of support in your legislature. We have been successful in West Virginia multiple times on the Senate side, including last year where we passed the Senate in West Virginia, but the House didn't put us up for a final vote to get final passage. So now we are just waiting for the House Judiciary Committee to vote on our resolution. We've already done the public hearing. This year we did start on the House side and it seems like we are stalled right now in the House Judiciary Committee. Why do you think we haven't gotten that vote yet? Uh, well, it is uh, tricky because as we've mentioned, we do have heavy support. Um, our delegates, uh, we have a large number of delegates who are working hard for this um, and who have made this their priority. Um, but factually, uh, it is the leadership of our house uh, that is preventing it uh, from coming up for a vote. Um, both last year and this year, we see the same to be true. Uh, it is up to leadership to put our resolution on the agenda and it has simply uh, not been done yet. And not that it won't be yet, we still have some time left in West Virginia to see that. Uh, and it's not been until just within the last uh, a few days uh, that we have uh, started contacting our supporters across the state uh, to reach their, uh, um, to reach our, our leadership and ask that they consider this as a, a priority as much as we do, as much as the citizens of the state do. Uh, so uh, we are hoping, always, always hopeful to see that on the agenda. Um, uh, but really, it, it is simply just the leadership because we do have the legislative support that we need now. And Tracy, I am told that there have been some positive indications from leadership this week there in the West Virginia House. So I am cautiously optimistic that we are going to see that resolution move yet this week. Yes, amen. And just as you stated, cautiously optimistic. You know, prayerfully, we are told to trust, uh, so we do, and that helps us uh, not lose our minds in all of the waiting, um, <laughs> but we just pay, pray for the process. And, and while we are being cautiously optimistic, you know, kind of knowing that the leadership has been dragging their feet, what are what's the action item that you could share for West Virginia viewers right now? What can they do to help out? Mm -hmm. uh, amen. Um, their involvement is contacting uh, our chairman of our Judiciary Committee, more capital, uh, contacting him. Um, handwritten letters uh, have a lot of influence on, on our uh, delegates. Uh, however, time is short. So if we can get a handwritten letter in from all of our supporters, that's wonderful. Uh, but we can always call, email. Um, we try to go a little, uh, try to use calls sometimes for last, uh, as we had an issue years ago in past, uh, where we just flooded the Capitol with phone calls from supporters. So. Um, phone calls work um but also uh you know it, it is effectual to receive emails and, and that they receive handwritten letters also so we just ask that our supporters contact um more capito who is a chairman and also uh, the speaker of the house um uh, roger Hanshaw. go ahead and contact him and express you know our our uh, support for the convention of states and that we would like to see that on the agenda as soon as possible
Mm -hmm. Yeah, the power of handwritten letters, uh, that's something that's so unique that Convention of States does. And like mm -hmm. you said, it's just such a powerful way to influence your legislator. I'd like to switch up a little bit just to talk about kind of the country broadly, just the nation right now has seen a lot of division. It seems like we can't agree on really anything, but um, our polling shows that Convention of States is something that's popular on both sides of the aisle. Um, our polling shows that two thirds of voters across both parties agree that we need to call a convention of states to limit the size, scope, and jurisdiction of the federal government. Uh, Tracy, why do you think that is? Why do you think there's such broad support across uh, across the, both sides of the aisle? Um, you know what? Reaching both sides is amazing. And I, and I, I know this isn't answering your question, but this is one part of my job that I love. Um, from the time that I came in, it's been, uh, you know, one of my purposes was to contact our new supporters uh, for various reasons. And I love this. Part. I love to get to speak with uh, our supporters uh, and connect, uh, realizing that we are all on the same page, all after the same purpose, uh, all trying to save our country. We all recognize it. Um, I can't say all. I can't say everyone across the country, but most of us do. And our purpose is to uh, save uh, what we can for the sake of our children and grandchildren. I have two grandsons myself, and I realize that if we don't do something now, I won't have a country left for my my grandsons. So uh, this same purpose is in the hearts of everyone I speak with. And I love getting to connect. I love that we are able to realize, you know, and that is something I try to help them realize you are not alone. I think that is the deception is that people think that, uh, you know, we are so divided. There is no hope, but there is hope. There is a hope provided. And I thank God for it and getting to share that. Uh, with our supporters is my favorite joy uh, in this work for the convention, that there is a hope. We do have a point and a purpose uh, and we're in it together. Well, that's amazing to hear Tracy and for folks who are watching who might not know, I just want to emphasize that your position as state director is a volunteer position. You are doing this because you're passionate about restoring our republic. And as you know, Wisconsin and Nebraska have just joined their sister states this year in passing the Convention of States resolution, which means we are at 17 states. We are halfway to a convention to propose some common sense amendments to put the federal government back in its constitutional box. Tell us, for you, what will this mean? What, what are you hoping to see um, happen that will benefit not only West Virginia, but the entire country when we get to convention? Oh, you know what? I think it will be the union. I think it will be, you know, that we are all, because every, every heart and mind is going to be on one place, and that's going to be on the convention. So I believe it will be just on the focus on the, the union of bringing everyone together. Um, because within within the convention, um, it will be easy to watch and, and uh, listen to the, the uh, you know, proposals and, and all, but just having everyone on the same purpose uh, for, you know, as, as long as it takes months, you know, who knows, but uh, I believe having all of us uh, together uh, going after the same point, I think, is is a possibility that can change the country. Yeah, and Tracy, um, I want to ask you kind of about your um, 
your personal story. Um, most of the time on this program, um, we have uh, people from the grassroots, volunteers from the grassroots. And just like uh, Rita said a few moments ago, um, you ha have a volunteer position as a state director. Um, so tell us how you got involved with Convention of States. Why did you decide to give your time, your talent, your treasure to this movement? Hmm. Um, it was a few presidencies back. I saw um, what was happening was not right. Our country was going in a bad direction um, and I felt hopeless um, through it all. I didn't know it could be because the problem was bigger than me. I didn't know what could be done. Uh, I was in a place of deep despair, um, um, not depression, but I wasn't far from it. Uh, but I knew that there was nothing I could do um, to help uh, and save the situation for my children. Um, so just about the time uh, that COVID was hitting a couple years ago, um, I just happened to have stumbled across uh, the Convention of States online uh, and started reading and looking into it uh, and found something that uh, changed my life. I said, yes, this is it. Uh, this is straight out of the book. Um, the constitutional manner to save exactly the situation we were in. Um, so I volunteered and within a matter of a couple days, Grant Martin called me and um, I have never looked back. Uh, and as I've stated a hundred times, I have never regretted one moment I've devoted to this work. Not one moment has been sacrificed that was not worth it. Um, my family, husband and children uh, support the time um, and energy that I devote to this work. Uh, they understand that it's about them. They understand that it's about the whole country that, uh, you know, as a mother, I, a mother of four, uh, I learned that there's nothing about me, uh, that it's all about us. Uh, and when we have that understanding uh, that the Lord is in charge and all we have to do is take care of everyone around us, then seems, things, things seem to flow and work together. So, uh, which is what the convention is about. It's about all of us and um, things work together well when we have that focus. Um, so uh, here I am today, uh, not regretting not one moment. I have an incredible team of people in West Virginia who are also self-sacrificing. We've had people show up to events at the Capitol uh, after surgery uh, using a walker, uh, using a cane, um, but they, they never complained. Not one has complained about the issues they've had to put themselves through to show up for an event, whether it's a gun show or what the work was. Um, no one complains. They do what they need to do to get the work done for the day to reach people, uh, spread the word, um, and help reach our, our legislators. So um, it has been a work worth doing. I wouldn't do it if the Lord hadn't called me to it. It wouldn't be wouldn't be uh, successful if He hadn't called me to it. But uh, uh, I trust Him uh, with every day uh, and ask for help for West Virginia for the convention across the country, uh, and I trust Him for it. Well, Tracy, we are so blessed to have you. Tell our viewers one more time, if they're watching from West Virginia, how can they help? Yes, amen. Contact uh, Chairman Moore Capito. Ask that he put our resolution HCR 31 on the agenda for vote in the Judiciary Committee as soon as possible, please. Uh, if he could do that this week, if he could do that tomorrow, uh, we could also contact Speaker of the House, Roger Hanshaw, and ask for his uh, his attention to this HCR 31 now, that it is important to us, the people of West Virginia, and we do ask that it uh, be put on the agenda for vote.
Tracy, thank you so much for joining us today. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. You just have so much passion and you and the team in West Virginia are just doing the Lord's work and you're really um, just the, the, the perfect image of patriots that we need all across the country. So thank you. Can't wait to have you back when West Virginia gets it done. Yeah. Um, but until then, take care and keep up the good fight. Andrew, Rita, thank you all so much. I appreciate you. God bless. You God too. Bless you. Thanks. All right. Now we have the answer to our Article 5 trivia giveaway with Mike Ruthenberg. Mike, over to you. All right. Well, thanks so much. Wow. What a great opportunity to find out what's going on in West Virginia. Thank you so much, Tracy, for joining us. Thank you to our incredible hosts, Rita and Andrew, for being here every single week, preparing for and hosting. And another shout out you guys probably don't hear very often is for producer G. He's the one who makes all this happen. He makes Article 5 trivia happen. He makes the show go as smoothly and as well produced as it is. It is wonderful to see this and so many people involved. And I don't know if you know, but the way that you're helping is by chatting, by adding information, because the more comments you put in, if you participate in trivia, for example, the more people that know you that are related to you are likely to see this feed, which means that we get the word out even further. So thanks to you for making it happen. And I wonder if you're the one that knew the answer to our question. I kind of think it was a bit of a gimme and I tried to hide it a little bit, but I think most of you probably knew that, uh, well, first of all, the question, of course, how many states are invited to a convention once we reach that threshold of 34 states that file the application or the resolution or pass resolution? to convene a convention of states? The answer to the question of how many states is every single one of them. Every single state will be invited to a convention and they can bring as many commissioners as they like. So if Rhode Island or Maine or Vermont, some of our smaller states want to bring a giant delegation, they're welcome to do that. However, it's one state, one vote. And the state has the right to constrain those commissioners to speak about things, to talk about things that they think want to happen. And then another layer of protection happens because we also have three subjects that are germane to this convention that are listed in the application. So it's very clear that what will be discussed are any amendments that could limit the size, the scope, and the jurisdiction of the federal government. Any kind of amendment that would impose fiscal restraints on the federal government, which could include a balanced budget amendment. And the last area is any amendments would be germane that would impose limits on the terms of elected officials, bureaucrats, judges. Can you imagine how cool it would be if we could break the bureaucracy by limiting their terms in office? So that way, when term limits might happen to elected officials, think about how cool it would be that the bureaucrats don't get to take over because they're going to be around forever as well. So anyway, so that's how it works. Again, the answer to our question is all the states are invited. It's a big party for us to be able to save the Constitution. It was written by our founding fathers. It's a great thing. And hopefully you're the one who won the shirt. If not, go to shopconventionstates.com and pick up your own swag. There's tons of it there. 
and we're excited to be here. Now I'm going to turn it back over to Andrew and Rita to wrap things up. Thanks, Mike. We do this show every week to reach, teach, and activate Americans with the constitutional empowerment gifted to we the people. The framers knew this day might come, and that's why they wisely included Convention of States in Article 5 of the Constitution. The time to save America is now. If you're ready to do whatever is necessary to save the Republic, join your local COS team. Go to conventionofstates.com and click the Take Action tab to get started. And also follow us on Rumble, MeWe, Facebook, Twitter, Parler, Instagram, Getter, and TikTok. We want you liking and sharing all of that COS content that we put out there. You can listen to this program and other historic legacy content on our Convention of States podcast. Just search Convention of States wherever you podcast from. You can also text START to 54555 if you want to bypass big tech. If you want to stay in the know with important COS messages and updates, go ahead and text START to 54555. Check out the battle cry with COS. President Mark Meckler. It's on Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern time. We'll see you next Tuesday for another edition of, of COS Live at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Remember, politics is not a spectator sport. You need to get in the arena. You need to get in the fight for liberty. We need you. The country needs you. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us. This has been the podcast version of COS Live. Check out more content at conventionalstates.com slash pod. Thank you for listening.